Welcome to the Perceptive Readers. This is the science on prolonged wearing mask. The hazard that is. Hi, I'm James Lynch. We're going to take some moments here to not only explain um, the importance of this subject, uh, but to also, during this podcast, relate some facts uh, from a man who actually claimed he is a scientist, you see. And then to be able to analyze, yes, analyze why even these statements and his research could possibly, and I would say yes, most definitely has some validity to it. And at the very least should not be discounted, but really paid attention to it. So first, Let's just set the uh, groundwork and the premise of why this is so important, okay? Now, you've heard me mention from time to time that, you know, you have to get your facts together. Uh, Not only do you have to get credible sources, but at the same time, you want to uh, make it clear, even when you are relating certain things, what are your sources? How does the source make you feel? And also, if you know the sources are, once again, not just opinion, but really are facts. See, and I have to tell you this in the beginning on the science on prolonged Wayne mask hazard, because this man who claims he uh, is a scientist, uh, he was he just wrote out you know uh, this paper so to speak and he placed it on one of the social media networks now what I did first was look him up and look up his bio and things of that nature and it was made very clear that you could tell you know he didn't really want to be bothered basically these were just or are his facts and you know like so many people, They just like the right to get things off their chest at times. So with that said, I'm not going to share you should take this information with a grain of salt. What I want you to do is look at it is as even if we were in a boardroom conversation or a coffee shop um, conversation, somebody could actually bring this up as a part of their conversation saying, well, this is my understanding from my research or my schooling and things of that nature. And you're going to notice it because the ring of truth you will be hearing throughout his statements. And there are actually certain uh, resources or statements that he makes, which even myself, who is nowhere near a scientist or doctor, can end up telling you, yes, you know, my body does agree with this. Or that not only my body, but many other persons' bodies agree with this statement here. Again, why is this so important? Have you ever said, I'm in tuned with my body? That often happens when people start changing their diet, you know, to even eat better. Their immune systems are boosted. Uh, along with that, they uh, some persons sometimes encounter a illness. That after they go through that illness, make no mistake about it, 
they start noticing things about their bodies and feelings in it. And even when the when even your blood pressure just not even pumping the, the way that it used to be or maybe overactive. Oh, so many things that they would have said, boy, when I was younger, I wouldn't have even paid attention to that, you see. But now, uh, because they're healthy and eating and, and doing all sorts of other and sometimes even prescriptions, they know how to pay attention to their body. And see, and this is what doctors ask at times. And so here it is. Let's say if you have two different doctors or even two different scientists and they're both saying the exact opposite thing of one another. What is it do you have to take as fact for yourself? How it does affect your body. I've given you an example before and, and I've got others. But I've told you, I've seen persons where they were needing a prescription for this or that. And it worked for persons who were like even new in the medical field, if you want to call it, uh, for everybody that they had used it on up to that point. You know, it was no reason to think that it would work otherwise, even on this person they were about to prescribe it for. And yet when they did it, guess what? It had a severe adverse reaction on them. So it goes to show you the human body, the anatomy, it is made up in different ways. And you can't prescribe something for one person and say that it fits 100% of all individuals. See, science will even uh, tell you that. And that's what we're going to get into. So I want to mention, since we're talking about science research, um, there are... Now, I don't have an elemental chart or anything. So I just want you to know he mentions some terms uh, in here. Terms that I've never spoken out my mouth before. So I may just spell them out to you what he said, you know, uh, chemicals and uh, DNA, <laughs> all this type of stuff. And um, I guess you could say, yeah, like, you know, he talks about mitochondria, things of that nature, because he even starts off in the beginning talking about billions of years ago. Now, we're not getting into evolution or anything of that nature. I just want you to know, I'm not going to read word for word uh, this whole research or no, or this dissertation or <laughs> of facts. Uh, it, like I said, it's more than theory on what he's stating, and you will see this. But all the same, I want to encourage you once more Whatever is stated, by all means, look it up. Share it with your doctor. I may even, um, again, paraphrase some of the statements that he made uh, with this podcast uh, so you can at least see, uh, you know, um, the script of the podcast or the transcript or what have you so that you can at least see what he was really saying. Uh, I'm going to always keep his name and authorship as ownership just in case, you know, uh, somebody ever asked, uh, where did you get this from or what have you? Uh, but this is one time because once I looked up his bio and everything, uh, it's like he was making clearly these are things that he was just stating and what he knew. And you can see he expresses his feelings at times, too, about the um, 
he he basically makes a claim of certain organization of just basically being disingenuous with their facts, you see. And so I'm not going to go into all that. So you can see this was more than just a fact paper. It was really his uh, editorial commentary on, on different reasons why uh, uh, different scientists are ignoring his facts. All right. Are you prepared? Okay. Let us begin. Uh, science on prolonged wind mass hazard. That's that's what you know. I'm calling it for this podcast. Now he went on uh, in the beginning to talk about you know 3.8 billions of years ago. You see, uh, to establish basically you know creation. Uh, how the science worked to bring about. You know our atmosphere, um, what works, uh, nitrogen, nitrogen gases, CO2, methane, water, all sorts of rare gases. And you know he really goes into explaining it that that's what's in our atmosphere. Okay, now I'm moving down, and he even mentioned uh, Stanley Miller. And Harold Urey in 1952, where he talked about a Miller Urey experiment. See, so that's something you can look up, okay? And uh, in this experiment, it it dealt again with uh, the environment, amino acids, and nucleotides, the building blocks of life. So you know he talked about that. He talked about the uh, first cells. All right. Uh, he continued to talk about the energy, uh, the metabolic react, the yeah metabolic reactions of what goes on in the one cell. You see chemical reactions. Uh, he even described it uh, certain terms as a cellular battery. See, and you can tell that he's already building the case that talks about any type of even life form. You see. As it produces energy, it basically has a byproduct. Would you agree with that? It has a byproduct, yes, even waste. So he's establishing the groundwork and he started on the building blocks, as we used to call it, like amino acids and, and then, you know, cells and what happens in them. Every living organization, uh, organization, or organism, excuse me, every living organism does produce some type of byproduct or waste it releases energy if you if you will okay so now he talks about skipping ahead of 500 million years and see and he talks about evolution and things of that nature which that's for another time all right so we're going to move on now all the way down to this point he talks about the oxidation, you see, um, cascade, because it is extremely important to understand and how the mass, you see, wearing of mass could make people sick. 
you see. And the way that I uh, focused on uh, remembering these points that were very important, like this one on oxidation and how it's extremely important to understand that process, you know, I put a little note <laughs> beside it uh, called honesty is the best policy because you're going to see how when he make these statements, then in some of his comments, you could tell from his thoughts as well that other scientists should know the same thing. All right. Okay. Now, let me move on and I'll read that. This is a one paragraph that I told you he had a lot of different uh, uh, type of names that, hey, <laughs> I'm not going to even uh, pronounce of these molecules and things of that nature, uh, but they were all involved where he said the oxidation cascade is called the Krebs cycle or Krebs cycle. And that's spelled K-R-E-B-S, K-R-E-B-S, the Krebs cycle. And so that involves sugars, lipids and proteins and enzymes. And then, like I said, he started breaking down all the uh, molecules and things of that nature when I'm not going to read. But I guarantee you, if you look it up, the Krebs cycle, you'll find out what he's talking about in this oxid oxidation process, what he's breaking down as to what occurs. OK, now. I'm going to move uh, further because, like I told you, he explained what was released, uh, what goes on, and things of that nature, all in that Cribs process. All right. He makes a statement that he says, so if you did survive all of this theory, so I want to emphasize, he said it was a theory, all this stuff he was talking about be before, not all of it, but you see, he's talking about the process of how oxidation works and things of that nature. But anyway, he said, now you possess the knowledge to understand what follows. So remember what I told you from reading over all of that that he had. And I told you it was quite lengthy, really. What I gathered for this report on the podcast, so to speak, is he wanted to lay the groundwork, basically, that life since the beginning, you see, this is what occurs in living organisms, uh, living cells, uh, molecules, what causes these reactions? And see, and as I said before, that's what I keep using the term where I say, there is always a byproduct, you see. So, uh, you know, you've heard the term maybe where he said, you know, energy is never destroyed, it's just transmuted, it's just changed into some other form, okay? Well, I'm just sharing with you again that in this process, you're able to see that the body, when it expends energy, you see, there is some type of byproduct <laughs> or waste, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's end up, you know, produced from it, all right? Now, we're to the point where I can read several of these quotes directly from the way that he spoke them, and they'll be easy for me to read them to you. But one of the statements that he said, okay, let me start. He started off saying 
The World Health Organization announced recently that wearing a surgical mask all day long does not reduce the oxygen intake of a person and all information contrary to what the WHO says is buried in the internet search. So I had to dig a bit to obtain this information, but seriously, at this point, is there anyone left on this planet, he says, with two brain cells to rub together that still believes the lies of the who? So, you know, that's what he said. That's a quote from him. But now let's let's get into, OK, the facts of what this scientist is talking about. He says a surgical mask will allow a certain pressure of gas through it. He said, if your employer provides you a mask, the pressure of gas that can go through the mask is on average 80 mm or HG. You can find better masks with 120 mm slash HG, but it is doubtful that your employer will pay for it. Okay. He states further, uh, the negative pressure when you inhale is greater than the positive pressure when you exhale. There is very likely that the CO2 will get trapped within the mass, reducing the concentration of the oxygen intake of consecutive breaths. Did that make sense to you? Okay, let me state it again. He says, since the negative pressure when you inhale is greater than the positive pressure when you exhale, there is very likely that the CO2 will get trapped within the mass, reducing the concentration of the oxygen intake of consecutive breaths. Here's another quote. The volume of the air intake of a person will vary according to a person's sex and weight. The volume of air contained in the lungs of a person is almost proportional to his size. This means that the respiratory impairment of a 100-pound Asian woman is less than the respiratory impairment of a 200 pound white man using the same mass because the 200 pounds man needs more than twice the volume of air than the 100 pound woman yet the mask online allows a certain airflow. Here's another quote. He basically says, um, uh, he makes a statement, and that's why, like I said, again, you it's uh, something that you can just decide for yourself or whatever, talking with your doctor, whether you believe it or not. But he says, this knowledge helps us to understand why women seem to struggle less with the mass and are more likely to consider the mass as an acceptable measure. And see, and that's one of those statements that I told you before, from what I've known from women I've actually talked to 
No, no, they, they, uh, they're having different, you know, feelings and, and, and like I said, uh, more than discomfort to it at times as well. Uh, and this is a fact on my, you know, uh, experience, my research, my conversations that women, um, the ones that I've talked to don't care too much for it at all, the way that it makes them feel. Okay. I'm not saying that you know something to, to do, but I'm just telling you, it seems to me, depending on the type of work that you're doing. <laughs> okay. There you go. Now, he said in another quote, I wouldn't be surprised that the research concerning the breathing impairment caused by the mass by the who didn't take that factor into account. It is very likely that most of the subjects were between 100 and 150 pounds. And notice what he states here again. I told you he's he's really making some editorial comments here. So now you can see why he's not writing this as a, a, a paper, but just wanted to get his thoughts out. But I just wanted to share with you. He says, this is what happens when you start your study by the desired conclusion. So, you know, uh, he's basically saying there's a point that certain people wanted to make and they were going to, you know, tweak and and, and, and run the test in just a certain way just to be able to say it in the results that, you know, they wanted to uh, say them in. And see, and just like one uh, um, person stated uh, who's in the astronomy and everything, uh, that he said, you know, you, you don't toy with science. You're not supposed to toy with science. And he mentioned how Science is supposed to help, you know, you to find the truth and that it's actually what causes people, you know, uh, to come out of ignorance. So you don't want to toy with science. And so here it is. This person who's writing this paper uh, actually was stating that whoever were doing these type of reports on the mask or what have you, uh, they had an agenda. That's that's what he's claiming. Okay. Now, uh, moving to another paragraph. I have one, two, three. Have about six more to read with you. Okay. All right. Um, he said, prior to the who's he called it misinformation. There were studies that showed that the breathing impairment from wearing a surgical mask is around 30%. This percentage can be much greater if the person is overweight. This data doesn't take into account the fact of the CO2 the person who is wearing the mask is breathing over and over again, which lowers the oxygen intake even further. Does that make sense to you? All right. Let me move to another paragraph. When you do a study, not only do you need to identify the adverse effects, but you need to determine the exposure to these conditions. If a person, now this is what I want you to really pay attention to, perceptive readers. Do you got your thinking caps on? This is what I'm telling you where Sometimes you don't always need a rocket scientist or even 
a, a, a very honorable scientist to tell you what I'm about to share with you because remember what I talked about earlier about your body being in tuned with itself. You feel in your body. You will know whether this is factual or not. Okay. All right. Now let's move on. He said, when you do a study, not only do you need to identify the adverse effects, but you need to determine the exposure to these conditions. If a person works a 40 hours week, work week, you see, and he commutes by public transport, we can say that this person will wear a mask on average for 45 hours per week. This doesn't take into account all the other public places the person needs to wear a mask, such as the groceries or restaurants. So let's assume the average North American is forced to wear a mask for 50 hours per week. How do we evaluate the health hazards of a 30% oxygen impairment for 50 hours per week over a four to six months period or more? Okay. In another quote, he says, fortunately, there is a very similar condition that has been studied through, boom, this is my point, sleep apnea. See, I've known people with that, you know, uh, for years. And when all of this first started, that was one of the first uh, terminology or thoughts that came to my mind on what a prolonged use of wearing masks, you know, can give you the feeling of. Yeah, I've had that thought months ago before this even, you know, started. But notice for somebody else to come to the same conclusion. And this person is a scientist, you, you see, who's you can tell so far seem to just be legitimately just trying to get his facts together, which he did a good job on. And like I said, even though he threw in some of his own editorial, because, you know, you can see why he's upset. And sometimes I said again, you can be justifiably upset over something, but you just don't, you know, as the good book would say, uh, don't sin. But once again, just get your facts together. So let me begin with the paragraph again where he says, fortunately, there is a very similar condition that has been studied thoroughly, sleep apnea. This condition is characterized by hypoxemia over a period of this that is caused by the obstruction of the airflow or that the interruption of the breathing. Sleep apnea leads to a oxygen saturation of the blood below 90%. The obstruction of the airflow that leads to apnea must be over 20%. Okay, he talks about uh, hypoxemia or hypoxemia, you know, uh, you say tomato, I say tomato, so to speak. So low levels of oxygen in the blood leads to a bad control of the glucose in the metal, um, metal <laughs> I don't know why they just look about, it's normally easy to say, uh, metabolism or uh, metabolism, excuse me, all right, leads to a bad control of the glucose in the metabolism. This goes back to the crit's 
cycle. We have observed at the beginning of the presentation. Without the necessary oxygen, uh, the metabolism cannot properly regenerate the NAD and FADH needed for the oxidation cascade. By impairing the Krebs cycle, the amount of energy generated by the metabolism is reduced and the blood glucose increases. Alright, now when the level of the oxygen is low, the organism tries to compensate by increasing the heart rate. Let me stop right there. Remember how they were saying again that even people who may have heart problems and things of that nature, how they should be wearing masks? Well, notice this, you know, this statement again. Now, I'm not saying that, 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 that you won't. I'm just saying I, I saw the word heart, and that's the thought that came to my mind. It said, now, when the level of oxygen is low, the organism tries to compensate by increasing the heart rate. The reason the body does this is to increase the amount of blood going to the lungs in the hope of oxygenate the blood. However, in the lungs, gases exchanges are done by pressure gradients between the two environments. If the concentration of oxygen in the lungs is low, less oxygen will enter the blood. If the CO2 level in the lungs is high, more CO2 will remain in the blood. An increase of CO2 in the blood produces carbonic acid, see, in the blood, which lowers the pH of the blood. This condition is called acidosis. Yeah, I've never seen that word before, but it's A-C-I-D-O-S-I-S. But I see that it has acid in it, so I just know once again, you know, it's a, a byproduct. Of, when we talk about waste, you know, you don't want too much of that build up. But anyway, it is called uh, A-C-I-D-O-S-I-S, and it might result in the denaturization of proteins. It, in other words, breaking them down, you see. It can affect the nervous system, cause a loss of energy, cause headaches, lead to hypoxia because the oxygen is less soluble or soluble in the blood at a low level and might result in kidney failure. And see, and this is what I wanted to share with you when I said People who are in tune with their bodies, everything that he was describing there about the effect on the nervous system, the loss of energy and headaches and things of that nature. Yes, persons already have experienced this without even having a doctor or a scientist tell them this is the effect on them. Okay, and it states, he states Having this uh, hypoxemia over a prolonged period of time can lead to the following conditions. Now, notice this. Notice this. We're talking about the heart again. Irregular heartbeat. Now, I don't think this man, once again, this scientist, uh, you know, or once again, put it this way. He, he knows what he's talking about in, on this paragraph. 
So anyway, anyway, over a prolonged period of time can lead to the following conditions. Irregular heartbeat, heart failure, and or heart attack due to the increased heart rate. It increased the chances of diabetes, low energy, obesity, and depression, which might have contributed to the high suicide rate during the pandemic. That was his editorial. He said, due to the bad control of the blood glucose. Okay. If a person sleeps eight hours per day, he will have on average 57 hours of sleep per week. An obstruction of 20% of the airflow during 56 hours per week while the person is inactive causes all these health problems. But we are to believe that an obstruction of 30% of the airflow during 50 hours per week while the person is active has no repercussions to the person's health. He said this is ludicrous. So did you get this? See, already it's established fact, you know, like from even sleep apnea, that if a person does have over 20% of their airflow, you see, obstructive, he already said, look what type of problems they have with their heart, um, you know, illnesses and depression and things of that nature. He said, but see, imagine having again your airflow and seeing all this happening if a person is just sitting still sleep or what have you and sleep you know even doing sleep apnea uh that you know the person's not doing nothing where he's saying if you're working harder and you're covering your breathing you know um or if it's uh your mouth and your nose you see with something that causes 30 percent and you're working hard Imagine what this can do to you. See, I've actually seen, you know, a person who, you know, was considered and still is an essential uh, worker. That's another term that I know some people uh, don't like who were, you know, good at cooking shelves and things of that nature. And, and, you know, this is a side thought, but I've been told I don't appreciate something that I put, you know, he put his life into, you know, and took great pride in saying he was not essential and see and now he's even um having uh to really consider whether he's going to go back into that business that he was doing and was and real good at because of not knowing you know some of the things that happened during a major shutdown in one area okay so let me get right back to uh the next paragraph that he stated uh, something that I'm going to uh, skip over, but he basically was saying that if certain things or certain decisions were made in another way, um, that he felt, at least by this time, people would see that uh, mass would be the number one health hazard, you see. Um, and so the point is, it's almost like, I guess he was giving kudos to the person who uh, kept on uh, saying again that, you know, uh, this is your choice or, or, or what have you. So anyway, you know, if you want to wear the mask, wear it. If you don't want to, you know, wear it. All right. So anyway, I'm going to share with you 
on this is he went on in the article to really talk about um, the health agencies. Um, he mentioned, you know, again, uh, agenda type situations or what have you. Uh, but, you know, all I'm going to do is tell you in closing, I'm not going to read any more quotes uh, from uh, that well wrote out paper of his is this. I started in the beginning talking about being in tune with your body, and that's what I'm going to uh, finish with in his perceptive readers. There's a reason why it's called second opinion. There's a reason for years where you got prescription for this ailment or that ailment. Every prescription is not for everyone, even whether you're taking it, you know, inside your mouth, you see, um, through your veins, or even something that, you know, you have to put on your body. You see, some type of uh, uh, um, system, because I, like I said, uh, on the side note, I've seen different type of even electrical machines at times. This has nothing to do with mass, but this just goes to show you that, you know, sometimes people have to wear things on the outside or, or what have you for different reasons, uh, for health reasons. Well, just because a mask is not set up, you know, in that way to be shooting you know, electricity or what have you through your body. Look at what it does. Does it have a, an effect on our bodies that does affect our energy? How our circulatory systems work and things of that nature. So there is an argument that once again can be made that the mass wearing it like this constantly being Forsooth is like a prescription and a prescription for a healthy person because you do have healthy people. And just because one person may say, hey, this works for them. It doesn't mean this same prescription works for everybody. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, taking these moments that I say again, by all means, verify everything. That was stated right here because I told you which points um, I focused on where I said this is my research as far as when I talk to people about the effects on their body. But all this science and everything that uh, this one man who claims to be a scientist or what have you, let's say hypothetically he's not a scientist. Then shouldn't the facts that he still put out there you know, on the internet or what have you, then at least be uh, looked into. Verify and say, uh, you know, paragraph by paragraph, uh, this is correct. No, this is not correct. So there you have it. And uh, you have a nice day.